letting you know what's going on without going on and on and on. Welcome to a fast-paced way to get caught up on all the day's biggest local stories from News Talk 830-WCCO. This is the All Local. With Wednesday's WCCO All Local, I'm Lindsay Peterson. Today's stories include a standoff in St. Paul, a new way to travel to Duluth, and rising rent in Minneapolis is causing backlash from a local nonprofit organization. But we'll start with Ramsey County Attorney John Choi, who met with local and national media today to discuss progress the county has made in reducing racial profiling during traffic stops. Instead of handing out traffic tickets in Roseville, police can instead send a letter in the mail to tell the driver about the infraction and then guide them to where they can get the resources needed to fix, say, a taillight or pay for new tabs. Police Chief Erica Scheider. And what's so key, uh, crucial with this is it frees up our officers to be on the streets fighting crime and focusing on the priorities of our community. In 2021, Ramsey County Attorney John Choi and others announced they'd reduce traffic stops for non-public safety violations. The reason was that people of color are most affected. The results of the research found that the number of traffic stops went down 86%. I hope that people across our region and our state and our country are paying attention. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. A 27-year-old man is in custody following an armed standoff overnight in a St. Paul home. It began around midnight when police responded to a report of a man firing a gun in the 1100 block of White Bear Avenue. Shortly thereafter, a nearby homeowner reported that an armed man had broken into their home with several family members still inside. Police spoke with the suspect for several hours and a SWAT team arrived. Eventually, the residents were able to escape safely from the main floor and the basement. Police reportedly used flashbangs to get the suspect to surrender. He was taken into custody around 2.15 this morning. A gun was recovered at the scene. Mark Fry, News Talk 830 WCCO. A new study conducted by students at Hamlin University finds Minnesota taxpayers are footing the bill for police misconduct. Professor David Schultz and his students collected data from 239 county, city, and state government agencies, finding nearly 30% of them made payouts for everything from excessive use of force to property damage. One of the things that we found out also is that a lot of the information that we would want to know is just not gathered. Like, we don't know, for example, anything about, like, the race of the person bringing the complaint or the gender. Schultz says though 99% of interactions with police are fine, nearly 500 incidents over 10 years resulted in payouts of more than $160 million, primarily in Minneapolis. He says while the report is neither pro nor anti-police, he'd like to study those cases to find out what went wrong and perhaps find new ways to improve policing. Laura Oaks, News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm Steve Simpson. Two more people have pled guilty in their roles in the $250 million Feeding Our Future scandal. 53-year-old Mohammed Hussein and 57-year-old Lul Ali, both of Fairbo, admit to knowingly stealing $5 million from a federally funded child nutrition program during the pandemic. Both have agreed to pay restitution to cover the stolen cash. Sentencing is set for a later date. Imagine a future downtown Minneapolis that includes a Nicollet Mall, for pedestrians only. Here's Susie Jones. That's just one of the ideas coming out of a working group to revitalize the city. We can make an extraordinary pedestrian mall downtown in Minneapolis. We can do it. 
and we shouldn't be afraid to lean into what's next. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry joined members of the vibrant downtown storefronts working group inside the new Dayton's Project Building as they presented recommendations to revitalize the city's center, which has changed a lot since the pandemic and the murder of George Floyd. Fry says they want to lean into the challenges and come up with a comprehensive plan. We don't want to take anything off the table here. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. The head of Minnesota's largest LGBTQ advocacy organization says while it may sound alarming, the National Human Rights Campaign's declaration of a nationwide state of emergency for members of the LGBTQ community is not an exaggeration. Executive Director of Outfront Minnesota, Kat Roan, says dozens of anti-LGBTQ bills have recently been signed into law across the country. Roan says Minnesota's pro-LGBTQ policies are the envy of other states. And I've heard from people all around the country that not only is it having an impact for folks, But it's giving us hope that, you know, the current wave of anti-LGBTQ legislation is not the future that this country has to have. The Human Rights Campaign's declaration of a nationwide state of emergency for LGBTQ people is the first in its more than 40-year history. Laura Oaks, News Talk 830 WCCO. Something to look forward to in years to come if you enjoy heading up to the North Shore. Minnesotans will someday soon have the chance to take the Northern Lights Express train from Minneapolis to Duluth. It is most likely about five years until you can buy a ticket. Northern Lights Express Alliance Chair and Minneapolis City Council member Andrew Johnson says the train will go 90 miles an hour at top speed and will stop in Coon Rapids, Cambridge, Hinckley, and Superior. He says they expect in the first year that 750 50,000 people will travel on it with about 1 million a year after that with people deciding to pass on dealing with the weather and traffic and congestion and instead just be able to sit back relax and enjoy the beautiful Minnesota countryside. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm Steve Simpson. Minnesota's former Republican candidate for governor is suing the state. Dr. Scott Jensen maintains that the Board of Medical Practice illegally investigated him because of his controversial views on COVID and a move he calls retaliation. Jensen, of course, a fierce vaccine denier and opposed mask wearing, particularly in schools. Jensen also claims that Attorney General Keith Ellison withheld COVID data from him. No comment from the board, but Ellison's office calls the lawsuit without merit. Rising rent in Minneapolis is causing backlash from a local nonprofit organization. United Renters for Justice held a rally and a march on City Hall Tuesday following the passage of a motion to direct the city attorney's office on the issue of rent stabilization. The organization works to provide permanently affordable housing in Minneapolis for renters like Hilda Chavera. Yo tengo 90 años. I'm 90 years old. Y si yo me muevo de esa casa, ¿a dónde voy a ir? And if I leave my home, where am I going to go? How much more will I have to pay? Mayor Fry has said in the past he wouldn't approve a rent control measure if it came to his desk. In Minneapolis, I'm Taylor Rivera, News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm Steve Simpson. A crucial federal permit for the proposed polymet nickel mine, uh, copper nickel mine in northeastern Minnesota has been pulled. The Army Corps of Engineers saying in a statement that it had revoked the previously suspended permit because it did not comply with a downstream sovereign tribe's water quality standards. The Fond du Lac Band of Lake Superior Chippewa's reservation sits on the St. Louis River near Babbitt and Hoyt Lakes. The company is free to submit new permit applications with modifications. 
Republican Congressman Pete Stauber, who represents the area, slammed the decision, saying it'll make the U.S. more reliant on China for critical metals. Another metro area swimming hole has been closed due to health concerns. Round Lake Beach in Eden Prairie has tested for unsafe levels of bacteria. Last week, Schultz Lake in Egan closed after more than 60 people got sick while swimming in the water. Laura Oaks, News Talk 830 WCCO. Finally today, the Making Vinyl Conference is in town over the next two days. And the husband and wife team of Jim and Don Novak from the Electric Fetus are among the panelists. Don tells WCCO's Vanita Sakar about the ongoing love for records and about this week's conference. So Making Vinyl um, is a conference that started several years ago. The vinyl industry decided it's time to raise the profile and um, not only champion the business, but talk about some of the issues. Uh, supply chain issues, production deadlines, and things like that. And uh, Jim and I are both uh, happy to be on panels at this conference this week. And you can get more information on the Making Vinyl Conference by going to WCCORadio.com. Thanks for listening to WCCO's All Local. You can find each day's All Local and all of our podcasts on our website, WCCORadio.com, or just by downloading the Odyssey app. I'm Lindsay Peterson, News Talk 830 WCCO.